Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Bethany. Good morning. How are you guys? Amen. It's good to be home. It's good to be back. I told the media team that um, I milked every last minute of putting this mic on. I knew the moment I put the mic on, sabbatical was over. <laughs> I got a new prayer for you this morning. Uh, I want to. I came across this a, a little while ago, and um, if you will describe the person's hand next to you. <clears throat> I'm going to pray this. Uh, as you guys know, I always pray a little prayer right after the scripture reading. Thank you, Bethany. But it says this, Calm us now, O Lord, into a quietness that heals and listens. Open wounded hearts to be the balm of your word. Speak to us in clear tones so that we might feel our spirits leap for joy and skip with hope as your resurrection witnesses. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, find a couple people, give them a compliment if you would. Is it well with your souls? Uh, I want to thank our, our movement elders. They did such a phenomenal job um, over this last summer. I want to thank Sarah's home with uh, sick kids. They did just an, an incredible job, uh, just really leading and loving us throughout the summer. Um, how many enjoyed having Jared and Jocelyn here? It was really sweet, phenomenal. Uh, time with those guys. It's really good. And it's good to have a lot of you on the live stream. We've got a lot of sickness. We're going to be praying uh, for that in a little bit uh, for just uh, for a little bit. We're just going to allow the Holy Spirit just kind of kind of move at the end of the service and uh, just kind of really speak to us. But it's good to be back. It's really good to be back. Um, this morning, I'm going to do something a little different. Uh, I'm going to kind of just share with you some things that God just kind of downloaded to my spirit over uh, the course of the last uh, six to seven weeks. I'm going to talk a little bit about what God did in Colorado, which was really sweet um, and incredible. It was good to go back and watch the uh, testimonies from the time there um, and just see what God had really done. And I just want to share some things that in the future um, that I feel like God's doing. Does that sound good? 
Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you this morning for your spirit. Lord, um, there you have been consistently and continually moving. Uh, you care more for this church than anyone else in this room. And you care more for the people in this church than anyone else. I thank you that these are your people, that this is your church. That, Father, that um, men and women are engaged with leading it and loving it and being a part of it. But, Father, ultimately, you are the one that breathes life. You're the one that makes it grow. You're the one that brings everything together here. And, Lord, you're the one that makes uh, this time worthwhile. So, Lord, we, we really do. We settle our hearts. I pray over those, Lord, that just feel encouraged, discouraged, full of hope, life, joy, joylessness, dry, full of whatever it may be, Lord, that every single one of us would realize that it is your grace that moves deeply in each and every one of us. And so, Father, we, we love you and we thank you and we give you glory for the summer. We thank you that we are now back in school. We thank you, Father, for our kids. We thank you for our college students, nursing students, uh, Father, those that have just even recently graduated uh, from just different academies and technical schools and all of that. Father, we just ask that your spirit would come. Thank you for moving. Thank you for allowing us to just to be loved by you. Father, I pray over our time, uh, Lord, not this Sunday, but also moving forward. I pray that your spirit would move. I pray, God, that you would bring about new things. I pray, Father, that roadblocks, I just really had this sense of just this morning, um, just just really uh, roadblocks being removed. Father, for new things to happen I feel like, God, those that feel like they've been on this endless loop, this treadmill almost stuck in a groundhog day of just their life, I, I just pray, Father, that your spirit uh, would just engage into a different gear in their life. I pray that there would be things that would change. I pray, Father, that sovereignly, God, things would happen in a new way, in a new measure. I pray over businesses, Father. I pray over marriages. Father, we thank you for just all of these things that you're doing in our church. Lord, we refuse to live beneath anything other than what you have for us. We are your sons. We are your daughters. We stand in that this morning. Whether we had an incredible week or a terrible week, Father, we do not come in here this morning and listen to your preached word based on our performance. We come in here this morning and we listen to the preached word based on what you have done for us on the cross. We have been set free. We are free people. We've been free to declare your word. We've been free to worship, free to laugh, free to have joy, free to hug on someone, free to love our enemies. We are a free people, Father, and we stand in that freedom. We thank you. We give you glory and honor. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said, amen. As you can tell, I'm a little ramped up this morning. Um, a lot of that just has to do with just being back with you guys and just being around and, and being involved in everything that, that God is doing. But um, when we were out in Colorado, we had just finished driving or, or climbing Quandary. It was, um, it, it was I, I won't go into it too much in depth, but it was, it was definitely an adventure. It was much more of an adventure than what I had, had signed up for and bargained for. But uh, we got her done. Everybody got up and everybody got back. And I got everybody back to their wives and their kids. So that's all that I really wanted to do. That was my goal. 
But um, if you've ever done something like that, just pushed yourself to physical exhaustion, um, you, you just you get to a place where you just want to get either to your house, back to your car, or to the nearest fast food restaurant. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Like you just you just want to relax and chill. And we got done, and we had to drive. Pastor Dan was gracious enough to drive up. Um, I uh, took the uh, turn to drive back, and they had a road that was closed on the way back uh, to our Airbnb. Um, and I looked down on my GPS and I saw the GPS telling me to turn left and I saw the roadblocks in front of me that said road closed. And I don't know if it was just that I was tired or there was just a part of me that was just being stubborn, but I looked at that road closed sign and I said, that is for someone else. That is not for me. (laughs) And I just kept on going. I hit the brakes really hard. Brian was asleep in the back. He came, sparked life instantly on the inside of his soul. And then he started asking me questions about different things. And I think what he was doing, which was smart on his part, was making sure that I was awake, that I was alive, the whole nine yards. But I was thinking about that a little bit later. And I was thinking about our church. I was thinking about the people in our church. I was thinking about what it looks like to kind of move into this next level. And I was like, you know what? Spirit, obviously, practically, physically, and in the natural We need to look at that sign and go, that is for me, and I need to turn left. But also on the other side of it, spiritually, I want to say to us as a church, I want to look at those signs, especially the signs that the enemy puts up, and I want to say, that sign's not for me. That can't mean me. And I feel like, um, and I'm just kind of wrapping with this morning. I'm not really into any kind of series. We'll, we'll talk about that on uh, group me this week. But I feel like uh, when I came back, usually when I come back from my sabbaticals, it's like this, this ease into it. And I came back this year and I was like, God, I want to continue to take more ground for your kingdom. I don't want to just sit around and go, man, we, we've got a, a beautiful spot. We've got an incredible church. We, we have an incredible reach and influence. But God, what does it really look like to gain more influence? And what I mean by that is I'm not talking about the church growing numerically. That's the Lord's responsibility. I'm talking about what does it mean to really see God move into the next level of things that he has for us as a church? Relationally, maritally, financially, all of these different things that just seem like that, that they are just pressing in on us, that God would just allow there to be a spirit on the inside of us, a, a ferocity, a, 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 a real desire to push back on those things and say, no, you know what, God, I want to see you move in a deeper measure in my life. I guess basically what I'm saying is, Father, give us a greater sense of hunger and a greater sense of purpose over our lives. Amen. Um, how many have fear of spiders? You may have fear of spiders in here. How many have like, okay, that's fine. That's, I may have fear of snakes. May have fear of snakes. Okay, there's a few of you. Uh, we all know what fear is. Can I tell you one of, one of the things that I have feared really from a young man, and I think it's something that the Holy Spirit has just kind of put on the inside of me. The thing that I really, over the course of my life, feel like that I have probably feared the most is wasting my life. There's a Francis Chan quote that I love, and it says, we can succeed at all the wrong things, but really what real success is, is succeeding at the things that God has called us to be successful in. 
So let me go ahead and answer this one question for all of you here so I don't have to answer it 200 times. What's the vision for me being back? It's really to help this church move into the next season that God has for us, whatever that is for you. Whatever that is. Whatever it is that God has for you. To not just look at whatever this, this uh, thing is, this roadblock, whatever, whatever's happening there, um, to really press through that. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are many of those things. I feel like some of us, we, in, in our staff meeting a few weeks ago, we're talking, or a few months ago now, talking about the lid, how God just can remove the lid and we can go into this next level, into this next season. And I saw that. Man, I saw that clearly. Um, we're not going to mention any names, but there are a couple of guys that were a little nervous about doing the whitewater rafting. And uh, when, when, they, when we got ready to go do it, you could just feel the nervousness. And then when they got out there, and our guides were incredible, and they were on the boat, and then we got to the end, and they realized that they weren't going to die. <laughs> and that they had done something really hard. They had a different confidence about them. The, the same guys that were talking about being nervous and the, the, the class full rapids and stuff like that, they're like, you know, I, I wasn't really all that nervous. I was just, you know, I was just kind of, I was just trying to be, you know, just kind of trying to be, you know, that kind of confidence that the spirit of God is going to move. Let me ask you a question. Do you have that kind of confidence in your life that God is going to move and break barriers and move in your life and help you overcome things that has kept you and held you and pushed you down and literally felt you have felt strapped in? Do you believe with a deep conviction that the same God that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit that brought him is the same spirit that resides on the inside of you? Because if you do, you walk different. You talk different. You think different. You carry yourself different. You go, God is able to do some things that he hasn't been able to do, that I haven't let him do. Because here's the thing. God isn't waiting for us to get perfect. He's waiting for us to make ourselves available. And the question is this morning, is are you available? The question is this morning is, are you at a place where you're able to go, you know what, God, I do want you to move. I do want to overcome these things. I don't want to be 25, 30, 35, 40. How many would agree with me? Some of you that are in your 60s and you think when you're 45, you go. I had a conversation with a guy this last week and uh, it was really beautiful. I'll tell you this story real quick. It's definitely a rabbit trail. But um, one of the guys, we, we, when I went out to Colorado, I took our guys, I took another group of guys and then uh, a third group uh, of guys out to, to climb. It was just a really, really sweet time. The second group, I didn't really get to go with them because they had a really hard time, really difficult time, and just didn't feel like that we were in a place where we could get up and get down safely. Our group showed up. They were studs. They were ready to go. The second group, who were a little bit older, had a harder time. They decided to do it like within four weeks, so they hadn't really been training a lot. And so they just kind of showed up ready to go, and then they really struggled. But one of the guys that was on the trip... He led his group, took his group out, did an incredible time, had an incredible time. But he had started, he had pushed himself probably about eight months ago or eight weeks ago, nine weeks ago. He had started doing the running plan that we wrote. 
and had really pushed himself to do some hard things. And he was sitting there and he was saying, when he was, he's 65 years old, he got up to the top of where they were wanting to go. He got up to the top and he said, he felt like the Holy Spirit had really spoke to him. And he, here I am sitting across from him at Willows and he's just weeping and he's just talking about how God really, really used that time sovereignly to push something on the inside of him. To be able to say, even though he was 65, that God wasn't done with him yet. That even though he was 65, God used that mountain and God used that time to be able to really minister to him. And that's the question that really I have for a lot of us this morning is, do we feel like that we're 25 and life's over or 35 or 45, 65, whatever it may be? Age has nothing to do with breakthrough. Breakthrough has everything to do with just being able to say, God, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. I just want it to happen. I don't know when. I don't know how. But God, I want it to happen. I want it, I want it to work in my kids. I want it to work. And you go, well, what, what does all of this look like? Well, there are obviously things that we, we do to see this happen. But one of them is just really sitting in having some worship and having some uh, time with the Holy Spirit. And so as we speak this morning, as we clarify this morning, we're going to have some time of ministry, but I want to just share with you uh, just these three or four things um, that I really felt like that the Holy Spirit really ministered to me uh, while I was away. And that way I can answer everybody at one time how my sabbatical was. Does that sound good? Number one, here's what I realized. And if you're taking notes, these are also for you as well. Don't ever estimate how powerful time with your family and friends can be. Especially when you're with the right crew. The kind of friendships that you have that build life and bring you life and encouragement. I was telling the, the, the guys that were helping me, guys and gals that were helping me greet this morning, that I've got two friends and they couldn't be more opposite ends of the spectrum. One writes out his prayers and the other one just kind of makes up his prayers as he goes. One will write out manuscript, his sermon. He'll, he'll tweak every single word. The other one, I literally think he'll flip through the Bible 15 minutes before he preaches and find a scripture. Both ends. And here's the crazy part about it is I see God use, use them. God uses them deeply in both ways. It's, which is so incredible because that's how their personalities are. But being sandwiched between these two guys was beautiful because this guy talks about what he's reading and what he's, what he's listening to, and this guy talks about what God's revealing to him in his prayer time. These two right here, there's something about being around family and friends that just brings life and enjoying and sneaking off for a smoothie or whatever it may be. Guys, do not, do not, do not let anything else take precedent over your family and the friends and the people that God has around you. The hustle, the grind, and everything else, stay rooted in that because your family and friends are the people that literally, and especially those that love you, and I'm talking about safe friendships. Number two, I spend a lot of time focusing on or really thinking about the first half of ministry. And as crazy as it sounds, in June of June 17th of this year um, was 25 years of full-time ministry for me. And <clears throat> I don't look a day over 25, so I know that's probably why some of you are very thrown off by that, but, but 25 years of full-time ministry, and I've spent time reflecting over that. 
And God started really just sharing stories with me and, and speaking some life. And in our scripture this morning, this, this scripture wasn't just picked off random. I want to read it to you for just a moment because this, is, this really ties into the kind of church that I want our church to be. The Holy Spirit was moving deeply, and there's a city called Antioch. And Antioch was a beautiful city. It was about 300,000 people. The Greeks first colonized it and found it in 4 AD. And so massive palisades. It was during the height of the Roman power. It was the third largest city. This is where in our scripture this morning, this is where Christians were actually first called Christians. This church was a powerhouse church. It sent missionaries all around the world. Most of the new churches that were started, sent out Paul, sent out Barnabas, funded their trips. They had a ton of conflict. We're going to talk about this. This is the first uh, time where you'll see Paul and Peter literally get into a fight in front of everybody. I love this scripture. I'll take you through it. Peter was basically hanging out with the Gentiles until the Jews showed up. When the Jews showed up, he acted like he didn't know what they were doing. He didn't want to be associated with them. Paul later on in Acts writes this, literally says this, I went to Antioch to tell him to his face that he was wrong. Paul showed up, Peter confronted him the whole nine yards. So it was church conflict. It was a messy church. It was a prophetic church. There was men that would stand up that would prophesy that droughts were coming. And literally the entire city, the government structure would come together to literally help overcome the drought. That's how much the the, uh, church had an influence. It was a power church. The Holy Spirit would move. The power of God would flow. Leaders would come in and out. And this was a powerful, powerful place. And this is where the first Christians were actually uh, seen. And so you see this come about. And remember uh, several long, 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 long time ago, this is before our church ever uh, started and I was still working at City Church. Um, we were headed out to a men's conference, a men's retreat, and we were, we were down, going, heading down the road. And I mean, this is, this is back when we, we were, uh, you know, 15 pastor vans were still a thing, but we couldn't find one. So we had to basically get in like 10 cars. And anybody ever been on a church event where you're in 10 cars, you know, and you're trying to keep them all together? Well, in the middle, we, I look back, just happened to look back in the rearview mirror, and the car that my pastor was in, it veers off to the side, like erratically off to the side and goes onto the shoulder. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? So I'm like, guys, we probably need to pull over. He calls and says, hey, I need you to double back. So I, I drove, we all drove back around, and he says, he, I want all of you guys out of the car. I want every one of you out of the car. Every one of you get out of the car. And I can remember this plenty today. I was telling Ben this, this story the other day. And so we all get out of the car, and I'm telling you, we're in the middle of nowhere in, in the middle of, of Florida. And, and so you just know what that's like in the middle of nowhere in Florida. We're in a cow pasture, literally in a cow pasture. And he goes, I feel like I just heard from the Lord. And here's the thing. If a man's willing to stop a column of cars, get out in the middle of a cow pasture and say, I've heard from the Lord, you still kind of, you want to listen. You know, at least you want to humor him and see what's going on. And he goes, I had a vision about your church. And he goes, I don't know what, what it is. He started weeping. He goes, I saw a green water tower on some land that God is going to give you. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. I mean, that was back, like, I was 2002, three. That's when, like, land was a real, real premium around here. And he said, yeah, he goes, I don't know what it is, but I see a green green water tower. And there was a green water tower. And he goes, but it doesn't look like that. 
It looks different. It's got like a, it's got like lug nuts on the side and a big wheel that kind of turns, but it's a, it's something to do with water. It's got something to do with water. And that was like the real first prophetic speaking something into an existence over our church. Now you got to keep in mind, we, we were still a year and a half away from planting. I mean, a year and a half away from planting. Now him and I had already been talking about it and praying through it. But I'll never forget, never, ever forget that moment. And then when the pastor here called me and says, hey, why don't you drive by and see our property? And I pulled up, and the first thing I see is a little green thing with a bunch of lug nuts on it and a little wheel on the side. I knew that this was our home. I knew that this was our home. And so what I've been praying for, the second thing I've been praying for in my sabbatical is God, you're not done with us. Do new things. Stir new stories. Because that's a great story. How many remember that story? No, none of you were here. <laughs> it's a great, great faith-filled story. Hey, do you guys remember the Battle of the Grills? So you guys said it's the first annual. That's the fourth one we've done. <laughs> you want to know why? You weren't here. <laughs> we need... God to move like he did 16 years ago when we're all here. So in 14 years from now, when your kids are teenagers, we can stand with them and say, look at what God did in our midst and look at what he's going to continue to do. We've got to have stories like that. We've got to start talking about the Lord like he's big, like he can do some things, like he's able. We've got to start believing that the spirit of God can stir something new on the inside of us, that the power of God is real, that there's something that he wants to do that we haven't seen yet. Lord, I've heard rumors that you are real. Father, make them true. God, make them, make them true. So I was reflecting over these last 25 years and how God has done some incredible things through our church. The third thing is just a reinvigoration of things to come. Just a reinvigoration of things to come. And the fourth one, uh, I just really felt like the Holy Spirit uh, and especially in the last two weeks, just kind of opened up new areas of learning and skill sets and things that had just really um, eluded me for a while. I feel like the Holy Spirit just did some incredible things in that. Let me give you this quote, and then we're going to pray for just a moment because I think that God uh, wants to move. Um, some of you aren't, aren't, aren't with me. You're not believing me on this thing, so we're just going to let the Holy Spirit do his work. How's that sound? Bernard of Clairvaux said this. It's not going to be up there. It says this, the man who is wise, therefore, will see his life as more like a reservoir than a canal. The canal simultaneously pours out what it receives, but the reservoir retains the water till it is filled, then discharges the overflow without loss to itself. And that's really what taking time away to be with the Lord is about. Getting filled up so that there can be a discharge without loss to self. And he goes on and says, Today, there are many in the church who act like canals. The reservoirs are far too rare. You too must learn to await this fullness before pouring out your gifts 
And then he says this. He says, do not try to be more generous than God. Man, Lord, just make us reservoirs. Let your spirit come over us. John, come and help me.